Hello, I'm Christian, and welcome to the Jamar International Podcast, where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemmar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we're talking about innovation in business. Now, innovation is a term we hear a lot. At its most basic, it means the practical implementation of ideas, that introduce new or improved goods or services to the market. And here on the Jamoir International Podcast, we like to keep things practical. And for our discussion today, we're looking at an innovation in the footwear industry, or more specifically, running shoes. This innovation is brought to us by a company called On or On Running that is now offering a 100% recyclable running shoe that is only available by subscription. Dirk, I understand that people would want to buy running shoes online rather than going to the shoe store, but shoes by subscription, what's going on here? And why is that an innovation we can learn from more broadly? Yeah, because it's indeed a bit of a crazy story, I think. And I was quite intrigued when I read about it in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, but I think it's really interesting for quite, quite a number of reasons. It's sounding interesting. Tell us more. Yeah, so, so there is a lot of pressure on business to become uh, more sustainable, uh, any kind of business. And, and more sustainable means so doing better for the environment, doing better for society. And the shoe industry is no, no exception. And the people at On are now making this new running shoe, and it's made out of 100% recycled uh, material. And then what they do is allowing runners to return worn out shoes to be recycled uh, back back to them. And so this will then create a supply of raw material for new shoes and that will uh, reduce uh, a lot of a lot of waste. And, and so for a monthly fee of $29.99, and that's US dollars, $29.99 a month, you will be able to get an endless, they call it an endless supply of running shoes and they call it the shoe you will never you will never own. Fascinating. That that sounds really fascinating. But I think we could just say $29.99 American. That's not cheap, but I guess that's the price that a maybe a serious runner will want to pay for both a high quality shoe and one that is sustainable, goes easy on the environment that's doing their part, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, Christian, willingness to pay. And, and again, it's $29.99 a month, right? And so you right. can do you can do you can do the math there is is not cheap. But I but I guess that is a price a serious runner will want to pay for a high quality shoe that goes uh, that goes easy of the um, on the environment and so i think the people at on are really are really on to something no 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 pun uh, no pun intended um, but but shoes that include some recycled material are actually nothing new uh, but what they what they're doing here is they're taking the entire shoe and typically in recycling you get a higher value product that then gets recycled into a lower value product but what what what's so interesting uh, here is that they're taking the old shoe and making a new shoe 
out of entirely shoe recycling raw material. And, and that's really appealing to, to a lot of people because it really shows a circular economy. So that, 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 that's, that's why this is a special form, if you will, of, of recycling uh, that they have come up with. Thanks, Dirk. Now, just uh, honing in on that last bit, I took grade 12 economics, so I remember the term circular economy, but could you really unpack what that means for us right now? Yeah, that, that, that means an, an economy that is different from what you would call the traditional uh, linear economy. And in a linear economy, you have a, a goods move in a straight line from resource extraction to waste disposal. So, so worn out shoes would eventually end up in, in the landfill. And in the circular economy, waste is looked at a resource. So they, they are using what otherwise would be waste for new uh, products. And, and if it's the the same product, then it truly is a circular uh, economy. They would call it a closed loop. And, and so again, in a closed loop is a much more valuable form of uh, recycling because again, the old shoes are made into new shoes. And, and remember, those are high performance. You and I would think expensive shoes, they're, they're high value. We're not talking about flip-flops here. All right. So we got high value shoes, high performance shoes, and this is all good for the environment. I think the question we're left with, especially on this podcast, is that good for business, though? Yeah, and, and I think it most definitely is. And, and because uh, uh, companies and, and, in, and, in fact, investors, they love what's called the recurring revenue stream versus a one-off payment for a specific mm -hmm. product or service, like buying a shoe in a shoe store. Right, Dirk, I think we see where you're going, but why don't you continue that thought a bit? Yeah, um, so, so, so the main thing is that in a recurring revenue business uh, model, you can focus your sales effort on winning new customers. And so most basic example is buying insurance. Uh, most people will buy home insurance, car insurance, health insurance, and then they will renew annually. And all that the insurance broker has to do is make sure they renew every year. And the rest of the time, the insurance broker can focus on finding new customers. Of course, there will be other providers who will tempt you to switch, but most often, often they won't. Just, just think about your subscription to maybe of Microsoft Office or Spotify or, or, or Netflix. And how often do you really check this and the chances are you really you really don't. Derek that makes a lot of sense and I will confess recently I had to cancel a few subscriptions I noticed that I just had running and I didn't realize but something like Spotify or Netflix or perhaps even shoes as we'll talk about that might be a high value subscription. So let's talk about this model a bit more why why is this a good model for shoes? Yeah, so, so first of all, we're obviously, obviously talking about high-end performance shoes here. I mean, people who would buy a again, $30 US month shoe subscription, they are serious about the sport of, of running and, and they have some serious purchasing power. And there is a lot of competition from other high-end shoe companies that would love that companies. Uh, high-end shoes are a very profitable uh, business, typically premium high-end is always has a higher profit margin uh, associated with it. And so instead, um, I, I um, instead of having these people buy new shoes, I allow them to send me back their old shoes and then they automatically get, get a new one. And so they won't be tempted to browse at a shoe store or online when it's time to buy no shoes. And so the customer, as a business saying goes, becomes stickier. 
and mm. and all of this makes your business more uh, uh, predictable. So if you sell a product, uh, traditional sales uh, business, and so then every quarter you start at at zero, and you have to bring in those quarterly sales. But if you sell that same product as a service with a subscription, you will always have some subscription active at the beginning of the quarter or at the beginning of the year. And so you don't start uh, at zero. Now you will have some churn. So that's a term for I'm, 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 I'm losing some subscriber like you or who do check that, but hey, what have I going on? Uh, so I will lose those customers who cancel the uh, uh, subscription, but I will always have a base from which to plan mm. and forecast and investors love a business that is predictable. Okay, Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. But I have one final question here. And I ask this, I recognize that you're not perhaps a runner or a shoe guy, but you know, you know, the business a little bit. So the reality, and again, keeping it practical on this podcast, isn't this all pretty difficult to organize? I mean, just thinking about it, you have to collect the shoes, and then the people would have to take them apart and recycle them. And you have to make then the new shoes from the recycled material and so on and so on. Isn't this all a lot of extra effort, I'd imagine? And the question I'm left with, are the shoes really just as good as buying new ones, perhaps? Yeah, and, and, and Christian, that, that's an, an excellent point you're, you're making. And there is a lot that goes into that. And so that's probably uh, part of the reason why, at least initially, this subscription may be uh, a bit more, uh, a bit more expensive, and they're also selling the idea—not just the the recycled shoe, but the idea that the person is doing something good for for the environment. But but you're right; they need not just to be good at shoes; they also need to be good at logistics, like collecting the shoes and then sending them to the recycling place. And then also, they really have redesigned their shoes. A a performance running shoe is typically made of many different materials, and and that kind of difference in materials is often a mix of killer uh, is, is often that mix is often a killer for for good recycling because you need to separate those those various types of materials that that in there and and obviously the the people at on are are experts and they care about the stuff and so they have found ways to reduce the material mix they have found a way to design the shoe for performance and recyclability and so you can really see how product innovation and then business uh, model innovation so a new type of shoe and a new way of selling and marketing that you go hand in hand and and that's why i think this is such a fantastic case study for us yeah it really sounds like it and given all these moving parts this might be a place where we hope that sustainability sells so the question i have for you is do we know if this is successful yeah, so actually, I'm not sure. So the, the article I read about the Wall Street jar, uh, Journal sounded very, very positive, uh, but it looks like they just started this and the jury is still out. And uh, I'm sure we'll find out soon. And I'm, you know, happy to come back to the topic maybe a bit down the road here on the here on the on the on the, on the podcast. Okay, so when it comes to on running, we'll have to put a pin in it for now. But thank you for that, Dirk. Uh, but as always, just thinking about it, on this show, we want to not only get practical, but we want to get practical for our listeners and ask the question, what can you or I as regular business people, managers or professionals, what can we, wherever we are, learn from this? What are the takeaways for us who are not in the high performance shoe yeah. business, but are interested in this model? Yeah, that's that's right, Christian. So I think there are actually three broader uh, lessons here. All right. Start us off. What's number one? 
yeah, yeah. So no, honestly, uh, uh, the first one is that the big concerns of our time have an impact on, on our business, even if it may not be obvious uh, at, at first. So the same way the, the on-shoe people ask, how do the big concerns about sustainability affect our business? Uh, we should ask the same question, right? What about sustainability, uh, digitalization, uh, geopolitical tensions and changes or supply chain disruptions, working remotely? You know, what, what bearing do these things have on our business, both on our product or service, uh, but also how we work and, and, and so on. And so you may have to have a bit of a brainstorming session around this and see whether you can come up with some ideas. And, and remember, your competitors are probably asking themselves these same questions. Mm, thanks, Dirk. And brainstorming, that's a great idea. So I recommend for people listening, we do have an episode on effective brainstorming. So check that out. But Dirk, what's the second one for this episode? Yeah, so the, the, the second one um, is that the running shoe subscription story is a story about the circular economy and sustainability as a key societal concern, and about recurring revenue as a very attractive business model. But but it can be dangerous when you start with the business modality. So product sales for the subscription sales, and you put that you put that modality at the center. Okay, Dirk, whenever you say words like dangerous, I think that's a call to unpack whatever you said. So what do you mean here? Yeah, so what, what I mean here is that at the center of the business uh, must be the customer, not the business model, even if a certain business model becomes, let's say, fashionable. The, the question always has to be whether the business model serves the customer well. What is in it for them versus just serving the company well? So in truth, it must do both. So, so give you an example, uh, a big car company, and I just saw another one did the same thing. They got into trouble recently when they, offer, when they wanted to offer heated seats or heated steering wheels or other aspects of the car as a service. So they, they wanted the customer to pay a subscription fee for that that feature and you know when i read about this they actually had some some good reason for this so maybe somebody wants to upgrade to that uh, feature later on they don't want to buy it right away but the customers or just the broader market really didn't like it many felt that if they have a car with a seat that it's a heated seat they should not have to pay extra to use the uh, the heater if it's in um, their, their car and they didn't see the, the value to the locking software that kind of prevented access to that feature uh, unless you pay more and unless you pay more on a monthly basis. And, and so the supposedly innovative technology, so the ability to remotely turn on and off heated, seed was, uh, heated seats was seen by many as not adding value to customers, but as only adding value to uh, the car company. And so, so why while the, the on story is a story about innovation uh, based on subscription, the car story, quite frankly, rightly or wrongly, became a story about customer revolt against a new subscription business. And, and so no matter what you do in business, never, ever forget about the customer and don't take them for granted. And on the contrary, start with the customer, look at things from their perspective first, and only then structure your business and business model to add value to them. Uh, to them and to add value uh, to you. And so what I'm saying is look for the win-win that truly is a win-win. Mm, Dirk, that's helpful. And I can say that uh, looking for the customer's needs is definitely a, a wise thing to do. I'm speaking as a customer, but uh, Dirk, you mentioned a third point. Why don't we dive into that? 
Yeah, let, let me give the search one. And again, I'm going back to the on story uh, here. And, and shoes as a subscription sounds like a great idea. When you see it and say, oh, I wish I had come up with that. And, and it, it's actually the type of idea that comes out of a, out of a brainstorming session. Uh, but the story, and that's just really your earlier uh, point you made, Christian, it's, it's uh, having the idea is just the first step. Now you have to make it happen. And I think it's important. That's where we started in the podcast is that innovation is the practical implementation of ideas. Innovation is having the idea, uh, but then also making it happen. And, and this is where the redesigning of the shoe comes in, the collecting of the shoes, the building of the recycling plant, uh, making sure that the shoes made of uh, recycled materials are still a premium product for the serious runner, and, and so on. And I've heard one entrepreneur say um, that ideas are 10% and execution or making it happen is 90%. And they're probably right. Too often I see people run with a great idea and they haven't just thought through all the details to make it happen. And the on people, however, seem to have it planned out from start to finish. And so this is a fantastic story about taking something common like making and selling shoes and making it more relevant to, to our time. And it really reminds us of what the famous economist Joseph Schumpeter said, to do, old, the, to do the old in a new way, that's innovation. And, and I think, again, this is a great state, case study for it. Thank you, Dirk. And that's a wonderful way to end it here. We have three big ideas about innovation now. Firstly, understanding the signs of the time and how to do your business to fit in a changing world. Second, to make and keep the customer central. And third, figuring out all the details to make sure that uh, something you plan actually happens. And these are all key elements of successful innovation. That's a lot to take in, I will admit. And a big reminder that a good idea alone might be a great start, but that's all it is. Innovation truly requires all three things that we spoke about. But anyway, that's all we have for now. Thank you so much, Dirk, for giving us your valuable insight. For those interested, I'll have relevant uh, links to different articles in the, the details section down below. But most importantly, we hope you join us here again in two weeks on the Gemar International Podcast. But until then, take care.